You're listening to the Oz Movies Podcast, only on the Oz Network. Welcome to the Oz Network for the beginning of Halloween month and the return of Random Rewatch Project. Uh, everybody's favorite project where we literally just pick whatever we want every single week and alternate and occasionally try to trip No one complains. <laughs> Noah complains? What? <laughs> Noah has a lot to say. No one complains that we pick what we want. Nobody complains. And they don't get their say. All of the listeners have no issues with the fact that we are going back and doing another Disney Channel Halloween movie. <laughs> Almost nobody complains, but we'll hear what I have to say on this one. We are here to talk about 2005's Disney Channel classic, Twitches, which it took me half of this movie to realize that's supposed to be Twin Witches. Um, even though I think they said it in the movie prior to that. It took me half the movie. This is like the deaf girl from A Quiet Place all over again. I just don't get it. Right over my head. Uh, beginning of Halloween month, and we are changing things up a little bit, usually with our random rewatches. Rossi will pick something and host the episode, and then I will pick something and host the episode, and we're doing it backwards this year. Um, no, I didn't pick Twitches. <laughs> Rossi did, but I'm hosting it, because why not? <laughs> My name is Colin, and we can mock people mercilessly. Come on, you know you love to do that. And my name is Rossi, and I also have no other flavor besides sarcastic. <laughs> That's true, <laughs> which I'm sure we'll find on this episode. Uh, Rossi, this is your pick. I- I'm hosting this episode, but uh, <laughs> why don't you start us off? Twitches, what compelled you to pick another Disney Channel Halloween classic And specifically, why Twitches? Well, obviously, Halloween. We needed a Halloween movie for Halloween month. Um, One of the things that I told you, I was like, I know one movie locked down, and I needed a second one for my, like, second pick. And I was like, uh, Halloween Town 2? I'm not sure. And then I needed more time to think about it. And then I sort of was going through my catalog of my brain of, like, what other movies I had, you know, watched or remembered or was fond of. And, like, this is kind of up there in terms of, like, like fond childhood memory of this movie, similar to Halloween Town. And I was, and you know, I didn't remember it too well, so I thought, why not recap it and sort of watch it again for the first time almost and cover it here. And whenever I pick some of these kind of movies, I'm always interested to to see your thoughts and, and, and rewatch it and see what it's like actually, you know, as an adult watching this movie. Uh, and, but I just have, like, fond memories of watching this, and so that's kind of why I picked it. See, I don't have fond memories of watching this. Uh, <laughs> well, clearly. I, I'm not sure I'll have fond memories of watching this a year from now. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know. What do I say? Uh, like Halloween Town, I am familiar with Twitches only in that every single year this shows up on TV, uh, either the Disney Channel, or we have uh, a channel here in Canada called YTV, which is just anything for i guess under 18 and twitches halloween town those movies are always played on there not something ever go to my way to watch um i don't even remember what my opinion was of halloween town last year do you even remember i feel like it was positive mix like i feel like you you were okay with it i think you critique some of the obvious (laughs) things of like this is really ridiculous but uh it's a kid's movie so i can't hate it that much okay kind of thing yeah, that that's that seems about what I think about Halloween Town. I think I have a slightly more positive opinion of Halloween Town now because I have sat through Twitches. Um, <laughs> oh. 
This movie is not good. Um, it's not good for so many reasons that I'm actually very excited to talk about. Uh, but oh, no. you saw this movie, you said, as a child, but you haven't seen it in a long time. So I, this is interesting because typically when we pick these random rewatches, we're looking for something that, you know, oh, I'm a huge fan of this. And I don't know how many other people are. Uh, so then let's expose the world to my interest. And with this, you're like, oh, I kind of remember this movie, but not really. So uh, when was the last time you, you even saw this movie? Do you remember? Pre-2010, at least. Because, uh, like, some of it was, like, there were some few, like, moments or details, like, or, like, random lines that, like, stuck very clearly with me. But then most of it was like, oh, that, I don't remember that. I don't remember that. Or this character was in the movie. Like, I didn't remember them. Mm. So, like, there was a lot that I just did not remember. All right. So, I guess the main selling feature of this movie is the fact that it's twins and that they got, I guess, the world's second most famous twin sisters <laughs> during the 90s, 2000s. Uh, not the Olsen twins, the... Uh, Maori twins uh, were you familiar with uh, their work prior to this because they were fairly famous for a show they had in the 90s called Sister Sister which again I never went out of my way to watch because what interest did I have in watching twin sisters um, I know of it and I've seen a few episodes so I, I was familiar I think that was sort of my jumping point into this is that I had seen maybe an episode or two of that and then I was like oh they were those were the girls from that and then they were in this movie, and so I was young enough, and I was like, oh, I'll watch it. And then I, we have Twitches. <laughs> I'm actually more familiar with these sisters now that they're, you know, what, in their 40s, I guess now. Uh, I, I can't tell you the difference between which one is which. I just know that one of them is on one of those many View ripoff shows, The View, The Talk, one of those other shows, maybe the Fox version of that, I don't know. And then the other sister has a cooking show now on uh, the Food Network or the Cooking Channel or something like that. Uh, so I had seen, I think the cooking show is, whichever one does the cooking show, I've seen several episodes of that because uh, we just watch random cooking shows every once in a while. Uh, so, I mean, I don't have a problem with them in this movie. Uh, <laughs> I, I I think they're, they're somewhat likable. Uh, I can see why they never really achieved the star status of the Olsen twins because they are a little bit bland. Um, thoughts on the twin sisters, the Maori sisters here? Are are you big fans of them from this series? Anything? Have you seen the stuff they've done outside of acting since this? I mean, I know, like when you said that, I was like, oh yeah, that sounds familiar. I haven't gone out of my way to see them, and I think this is probably the end of my uh fandom Maori um <laughs> uh watching binge or whatever. Uh. But I mean, I I know of them. I, I there's still, I mean, kudos to them still being in the spotlight, considering um, it was the last time we heard from the Olsen twins. <laughs> yeah, fair. So, um, but I mean, not a was never a huge fan of them. Like I was never their biggest fan or anything like that. But I always thought they were fun. I mean, they have a, a better energy than the Olsen twins ever had. So. Mm-hmm. They're definitely more energetic. Like that—that's the one thing I will say. I mean, I, I don't hate them in this movie. Um, I hate their characters. I think their characters are beyond annoying. But uh, they're, like I said, somewhat likable in this. Uh, the, the basic plot, uh, which we'll we'll kind of get into, is very thin. <laughs> they're twin sisters from another dimension that are witches, I guess, uh, and they were separated at birth and exiled to Earth. Uh, you would think this would lend itself to a lot of big effects and everything but 
wow, does this feel like Disney just, I don't know, wrote a check for $6,000 and said, can you please make a movie about twin witches? Um, This is a popular book series as well. I'm guessing you're not familiar with the books. Nope, I just learned that now. (laughs) (laughs) When I said that, this very moment. This movie cost $20 million. So, I mean, a theatrical film costing $20 million, uh, low budget, fine. A TV movie costing $20 million, like, this is ridiculous that this is the product we get for $20 million. (laughs) The effects in this are so bad, it is so painfully low budget, that it actually, in a way, makes it strangely enjoyable. Uh, so I don't know, (laughs) I'll pick apart a lot of this here, but, uh, uh, let's just jump straight into the movie here as I bumble my way through, uh, the plot here. So we start off in the other dimension, uh, which, uh, what's the world called? Eternia? Uh, that's, that's He-Man. Um, what is it? I was already, and then you asked me. Uh. (laughs) Yeah. We'll call it Eternia. I'm going to call it Eternia until we find out. So this is Eternia, where Skeletor has uh, (laughs) wanted to sacrifice the Twitches. Uh, They're just babies. I completely misread the scene. Again, I don't know if I just wasn't paying close enough attention, but uh, the way I read this is they were being sacrificed. I think that's because of my familiarity with a movie called Willow. Are you familiar with Willow at all? No. Oh, there's a movie we have to cover. Okay, so Willow, uh, notoriously considered a box office bomb because it made... It made okay money, but this was like a huge budgeted movie. George Lucas wrote this, produced it. It was the first thing he really attached himself to after the original Star Wars trilogy ended. He had Ron Howard on to direct it. Ron Howard was still fairly new. He wasn't like, you know, the director of Apollo 13 or A Beautiful Mind or anything or yet or The Grinch. I mean, this was sort of Ron Howard's first big budget movie. Uh, And George Lucas had had this story in mind for years. And it's, it's all about the birth of a baby girl who is prophesied to, you know, rule the kingdom, and then the evil queen wants to sacrifice it. So this just, it all reminded me very much of Willow. Um, strangely enough, that there was a sequel that was in development for years for Willow that um, uh, George Lucas never got made because there was no interest in it for like 15, 20 years. And now all of a sudden, they're finally making this TV series because everybody loves Willow again. Uh, but the the book that George Lucas and another writer had worked on to, I, I guess, get out there as this is what the Willow sequel would have been. Very similar to Twitch's here <laughs> in certain ways, uh, because uh, after the babies I thought were sacrificed, but uh, end up defeating a, a giant red and black cloud, uh, they are taken away, just like in Willow, by these protectors. Uh, what are the protectors' names in this movie? Uh, John and Karen? Let's call them... <laughs> <laughs> The two that transport them to the other to Earth. Yeah, the, 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 let's call them John and Karen. So John and Karen <laughs> uh, say we need to split the babies up and we need to take them to another dimension. Uh, and I love to say which dimension. Like they should iron that out for the. Let's take them to another dimension. And they're like, okay, which dimension? The purple one? Just anywhere. They just both happen to take them to Earth in the exact same city, I guess, uh, because they leave them on Earth and then it flashes forward to their twenty-first birthday, which. Biggest plot hole this movie. How do these babies know when their birthday is? Because they're both celebrating their birthday on Halloween. They shouldn't have a birthday. I mean, they weren't one day old. It's not like they were taken to Earth, dropped off, and they said, oh, I can absolutely determine these babies were born on October 31st, but they just know they have the same birthday. So this movie takes place on their 21st birthday. They are separated. They don't know each other exists. Um, You get introduced to the two sisters. So Cameron is the rich one, right? 
Yes. Okay, so Cameron's rich, and Alex is not. Alex lives in a small uh, uh, two, three-bedroom apartment with, I don't know, half the population of the city, apparently. Um, there's a little girl who lives there who I thought was her friend's daughter, but it's actually her friend's sister. And then there's a mom who doesn't get introduced to later in the movie, which complicates it even further. Uh, and <laughs> the rich girl is celebrating in her big, massive mansion with her tiny... 200 square foot bedroom apparently (laughs) another thing i don't understand is just the the lack of budget where they can't make this mansion look like a mansion on the inside Uh, the parents of the rich girl cameron give her a birthday cake uh you could tell the dad's kind of fun i guess he's one of the few fun characters i like in this uh movie here um and now again i'm gonna confuse it all the time like i shouldn't because i have twins now so it should be a lot easier to tell twins apart but (laughs) which one draws in this movie which one is the artist the rich one the rich one okay so she's drawing a picture which they say oh is this is this a self-portrait and she goes uh yeah i guess it's a picture of herself sleeping (laughs) so she assumes it's a self-portrait like she always watches herself sleep but of course we know it's the twin sister uh the dad is got the birthday cake they start messing around uh the mom says don't get icing on the wallpaper (laughs) because rich people had wallpaper in 2005 um the not so rich one alex she is living with a friend uh and the friend's sister and they gave her a cereal (laughs) for Cereal with a candle and candy in it. corn <laughs> and candy corn. Like how this is candles even standing up? I don't understand. Uh, and <laughs> she is. Uh, I guess she mentions that her mom died or something like that. So they're both adopted. They both know they're adopted. Uh, she takes one bite of the cereal. Says, "Oh, this is so good." Puts it on the counter and then leaves, which is great. Uh, I mean, that's a classic um, movie thing where it's like, "I'm so late. I gotta. I can't eat breakfast." And they eat one bite of something. Oh and they yeah, run exactly. out the door like. Oh, and, oh. and it's funnier because it's like this disgusting, like child, like soup that she made. Mm-hmm. It's just that's that, that's a good joke. I mean, you gotta give some credit for that. Yeah, well, and with with wax, candle wax, guaranteed, already <laughs> dripping into the cereal too. Uh, so good on her for actually faking her way through excitement. Which I'm gonna have to do this one day. Uh, I know that my children are gonna make some awful breakfast. I'm like, oh, this is so good, Casper. Uh, I was going to say pickles, but pickles will go with anything. Uh, olives and Honey Nut Cheerios. Wow, where did you come up with this idea? Uh, so the next section of the movie is just that sisters keep literally just missing each other. They're, one's on a bus, the other's in a car. They just miss each other, pass by each other on the street. Uh, the not rich one, Alex, she's trying to get a job. Uh, the, the protectors are now on Earth because I guess the 21st birthday is when they have to unite and only they know this. Uh, so she walks by. This is kind of a clever gag when the the protectors make the sign appear in the window, help wanted, and she sort of passes by it. And then they make another sign appear to get her attention again. Says no experience necessary. She sort of passes by it. They make another sign that says we're desperate. And she goes inside to get a job. That's kind of funny. Uh, they both, I guess, think their mom is dead as well. That's something I should mention here. Their, their real mom is dead. Uh, they meet up in the department store because the the not-so-rich girl kind of bluffs her way into getting a job by saying she likes the other clerk's shoes. Uh, and then they just meet. And they make such a big build-up about they miss each other, they miss each other. I thought it would have been like this big moment, like they see each other and there's this huge reaction. But I'm not kidding. I sneezed uh, 
and I missed the, oh, we're twin sisters. Okay, like, it just happens that quick, which is just really weak. Uh, and uh, they just immediately guess that they're twins because they're both adopted and both share the same birthday, which they shouldn't know what their birthdays are. Uh, and they start realizing they have powers as they're hanging out. So they when they touch hands, things happen. The car goes crazy that they're sitting in. They touch hands and the clothes can change. Uh, they touch hands and they cause a bike messenger to get in an accident, which this is where these characters are actually really unlikable because a guy gets in a bike accident because of them. They're like, huh, okay. (laughs) This guy just got nailed by a car and they don't care. Uh, at, um, the rich girl's house, they go there first and, uh, Cameron, (laughs) this is where the low budget is so bad. Uh, Cameron's house, the backyard or the front yard, sorry, is all decorated with about 16 pumpkins and a bunch of clear dollar store hanging cardboard decorations. And this is what rich people do. Uh, they go into her 200 square foot bedroom. They can make the drawers and the dresser fly across the room as they're testing their powers. Uh, they go into a closet. Their powers activate a closet, which leads them to the other dimension. So now they're in the other dimension. They meet these protectors. Uh, they find out a little bit about who they are, and this closet uh, then flies through the sky and takes them back. It just I, I, I don't think it's ever properly explained how the closets just operate in this movie. Uh, a- after they leave the rich girl's house, they're going to go to the poor girl's house. The dark cloud, which is the darkness in this movie, uh, <laughs> takes over the house, which is just a black cloud of red and black. Uh, really cheesy effects here. And... Something burns in the house, and the maid, who is maybe the best character in the movie, runs out of the house screaming, and it is never brought up again that this house was burning down. Uh, I don't understand. Uh, And they go to the poor girl's house. Uh, But by the way, we should also mention the mother is alive. She doesn't know that the twins are still alive, and she has this advice. I thought it was her advisor, but it's actually her husband slash (laughs) uh, brother-in-law. A little bit of, I guess, legal incest here. That was so weird. (laughs) Yeah, like, my husband died. My daughters are gone. Let me marry my brother-in-law. But you can tell he's the villain. Can I ask you? Go for it. I was going to ask you if at this point you realized how obvious this movie was with him being the villain. Oh, like, it is so clear from the beginning. Like, like, there is no doubt about the fact that he is the villain. Like, I actually just wrote right here. Before I even realized this to the brother-in-law, the advisor is the villain. Like, it's that obvious. Uh, they go to the poor girl's house and we realize the poor, so the rich girl can draw, the poor girl can write stories. And they realize that the rich girl's been drawing their history, history that they shouldn't remember because they were babies. Apparently on their birthday, the day they were born, they disappeared. I don't know. Uh, but all of her stories are telling the history of this. This is obviously just exposition to get the history in here without dragging this out to be a three hour movie. Uh, because all of her stories line up with, oh, this must be where we're from. Uh, and uh, she thought it was fictional, but now they realize, no, this is all real. Uh, so Coventry, there we go. It's called Coventry, not Eternia. But I like Eternia better. Uh, so they uh, are, I guess... They couldn't go more on the nose for, like, which is Coven. Yeah, Coventry. Coventry, yes. <laughs> Coventry land, maybe? Uh I'm going to go with Eternia still, though. So (laughs) they learn the history about Eternia. And uh, there is kind of a funny line here where uh, the rich girl has her birthday party. Oh, it's so big. It's the biggest birthday party ever. You're going to love it. 
Uh, she's on the phone with her mom and says, don't worry. I, the the not-so-rich sister, Alex, is like, no, don't tell her. Like, you can't just tell her we're, you know, from another world. She says, no, don't worry, my mom's cool. She says, oh, yeah. Hey, mom, I just met my twin sister and we have magic powers and we come from another dimension. And now uh, something called the darkness is out to get us. No mom is that cool. Uh, that's exactly her line. So I, I kind of like that. So she decides she's not going to say anything about the twin sister. And uh, we we do find out here now we actually see they weren't being sacrificed. What happened in the opening scene when this darkness came for the babies uh, uh, as they were laid on the floor. Uh, the guy, which I'm guessing is supposed to be their father, right? Who? Wait, what? The guy who transfers his power to them so they can defeat yes. this cloud. Okay. So the father died, I guess, transferring his power to them uh, so that they could defeat this cloud. Uh, this was literally the first scene in the movie before they were taken to the purple dimension. Uh, should we cover anything else here? Um, uh, they're, they're talking as they walk down the street. There's some cows, <laughs> some cow statues. First of all, why are there cow statues in the middle of this park? that have eyes moving who are the cow statues supposed to be i was so confused here i didn't know either my guess is probably uh uncle slash advisor slash new dad slash uh step brother-in-law or whatever <laughs> yeah. uh yeah okay so he is spying on them through statues of cows why i don't know uh and they're basically saying or i guess the one sister the the, the not so rich one is saying yes, we have to, uh, you know, defeat them. Oh, I saw this in my vision. I saw that uh, we saved the day. And then the rich sister Cameron's like, "Well, where was I? You were shopping." And she's like, "Oh, makes sense. Yeah, okay." Uh, and then here we go. The worst scene in the movie for these characters is they start to really discover what their powers are. Uh, they're at a restaurant. They order burgers. The the waitress reads their orders off and realize they have the exact same order, which is funny that they're surprised by this because they gave her the order. <laughs> and the waitress is like, okay, here's your burger with lettuce and tomatoes and mayonnaise and no pickles. And they're both saying, no pickles for you too? You were sitting next to each other 20 minutes earlier when you ordered this. And here is my biggest complaint about this movie. They hate pickles? What is wrong with them? Like, Rossi, give me your opinion on pickles. I'm sure we've brought this up before, but pickles to me are the greatest food ever invented. What do you think of pickles? Uh, I like pickles. I, I wouldn't go greatest food ever, but uh, they're up there. Thank you. You know what? In a day or two, people are going to hear our recap of uh, Birds of Prey, the fantabulous emancipation of Harley Quinn, uh, where Ben talks about how much he hates and despises pickles, and it angers me. Uh, and another similarity with the birds of prey uh, that we have here is some obnoxious guy on the phone. So wait for our birds of prey episode to hear how this scene could be done so much better. Uh, some obnoxious guy is talking loudly on the phone. So what do they end up doing to them? To him? What was they make his drink explode? Okay. Uh, now what is wrong with this guy? These two sisters are the loudest ones in the movie, and they are talking in unison. And they're like. Ugh, Who's this guy who's talking and laughing and enjoying himself on the phone? This whole restaurant is filled with people talking loudly, and they single this one guy out to make a drink explode in his face. They're bullies in this movie. I'm calling it right now. Uh, I do not like these girls. And uh, they, they do a couple of things. They walk down the street. They freeze some paint in the air. Uh, the paint ends up dousing the male protector. Uh, they change a bunch of guys who are, I don't know, objectifying a woman. <laughs> uh, 
uh, into wearing dresses, uh, and the male protector changes into a gorilla. Okay, uh, and let's just sort of stop it there before we really get into the plot. Like, there's a lot of problems in this movie, but wow, the worst problems of the the budget of this movie are still to come. Um, I'll talk about some of the positives that I think <laughs> that um, I glossed over. <laughs> I think that they do a fun job with some of the like magic powers that they have, like how they always know, like, like when they both knew that the phone was gonna ring, and like, uh, she's like, "I got it," and then and on the bus, the the girl was like, "Tell your mom I said hi," and she's like, "What?" And then the phone rings, and it's her mother. Like, I like those fun details of their magic powers sort of being there. Um, and then sort of I don't know if we touch on it here but they like when they talk about the fact that like the one who wears the sun necklace is always up first thing in the morning doing whatever they do and then the one wearing the moon necklace is always up late at night and I, I think those are like fun details to be had in the movie I, in, all, in um, all fairness that that is a nice detail but I did miss it completely I was t- too upset about the pickle I guess yeah <laughs> Or you were probably too talk talking on your phone too loud. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> talking loudly. <laughs> but I think that there are fun those are like some fun details. And I, I one of my favorite things is that little magic montage they have, you know, with they, they change the pumpkins to from fa- uh angry, sad faces to happy faces and and then, you know, the guys with the, the outfits and the paint. I always just think that's just a fun moment where they're kind of if you were a real life human and also had magic powers, what would you do? I feel like this is realistic stuff that you might do. Um, and I, and I love the arguments that the, the two protectors get into sometimes. Like they get into a full argument about whether it's a monkey or a gorilla that he's wear the costume he's wearing. Yeah. And so just like fun details about that, that make it fun. Um, I did not know you were so hateful of them, but, uh, <laughs> Well, it's just the, the, it's it's little details. Like again, why are they picking on this poor guy? Because he's talking on his phone. They are the loudest ones in that room. Yeah, I mean, I didn't think too much of it. I always like that when their magic spells are on the more destructive level, the the guy protector always gets hit with it. Yeah, like in the restaurant, he got ketchup all over his face from their spell. Then the gorilla outfit. Uh, I just think that those are some fun details, and I will have to say. I will. I agree with you. I think it was a little bit of a letdown on their meetup. Mm-hmm. It, it it just seemed like it was over too quickly. Maybe there were. I don't know. Maybe they spent too much time preambling. I don't know. It just seemed really rushed. It was such a big buildup. Like I don't think it would have been so bad if they hadn't spent the last ten minutes, in probably a half a dozen times, showing them just missing each other, and then it's like, oh wait, you look like me. Okay, we must be twins. And I like the 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 like miss meetings like where they were like she looks at the car as it's going away and she's like oh it's a nice car like those details i like that um and like when the people when the she gets the dress in the store which was meant for the other sister mm-hmm. and she's like what, what's going on like i love those details but yeah like the meetup was buzzkill mm-hmm. uh nothing else to add we're good oh yeah um i totally 100% did not remember how bad the darkness looked. Oh, I totally <laughs> forgot. I give you that 1000%. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is bad. Um, and it's only going to get worse. I want to read something. The, the effects in this movie, again, not good. Uh, Wikipedia page is pretty weak for this. 
but I do love uh, <laughs> the fact that the filming section under the production uh, part here says that uh, special effects were used in conjunction with green screens to help simulate the magic chick thrown th- shown throughout the movie. The transitions between Earth and Coventry, the moon and sun put on the same horizon, and with the aid of a wind machine, the visualization of the darkness's presence. What an elaborate way of saying, like, awful effects. Like, we use green screen and a wind machine. This is 2005. This is Disney. I mean, Halloween Town was, what, 1998 or something? I have no idea. I want to look up what the budget was of Halloween Town, because I swear that movie looked like a million dollars compared to this. Uh, This movie looks like a million dollars. Halloween Town looked like the 20 million one. Uh, this is a $20 million budget. Like, that is that is ridiculously high for a TV movie. Where did it all go to? Uh, Wind machines. That's what. <laughs> expensive outfits at the, the retail store. The, the dollar store decorations? <laughs> I don't know. Um, all right, so the sisters do have a bit of arrogance to them here, too, uh, where they're saying... Of, of course we can beat this darkness. What can stop? If you've seen what we can do, we can stop paint in the air and make drinks explode. What darkness that could destroy an entire dimension could possibly compete with us? Uh, <laughs> the, uh, the split of the sisters is uh, about to come here. Uh, there is another kind of funny line here as they're sort of arguing back and forth about... Uh, you know, one of them says, oh, we can do this. We can beat this darkness. And the other one says, uh, no, we can't. Uh, which says something about, uh, you know, when we were babies, uh, we did this. It's like, other than acquiring some bladder control, things haven't changed all that much. <laughs> that was a pretty good line. So Cameron, the rich sister, decides to go home. She's not interested in fighting the darkness. So Alex is going to do it all on, her own, all on her own. Now, this Halloween party that she goes home to, wow. Uh... <laughs> We could do better than this. I was this. just thinking, all I was thinking about this was like, this would not fly anywhere near in 2020. Like the, the mother at one point said it was like an 800 person party. And I was like, <laughs> oh, the 800 people at one gathering. Like that was terrifying. And the fact that all the food is like butlers serving it. Mm-hmm. And like people are grabbing it. And the girl double dips later in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh. Oh, this, Disney's going to have to cut that in 2020. That's going to be an edit. <laughs> I was like, please, I would, I would forward that. That's gross. <laughs> um, so, f- complete sidebar here, but funny story. Jamie had uh, watched not this movie, but it was something else that we were watching where she saw somebody double dip. She goes, "Ugh, that's disgusting!" Like, I, I hate when people double dip. Like, don't, don't, they know how disgusting and revolting that is. No joke. Earlier in that day, I had put up a picture about it too. But earlier in that day, Jamie was cleaning all the parts. She took our vacuum cleaner apart and wanted to clean all the individual parts. So we have like as most people do, like an old toothbrush that you use just for cleaning, you know, to clean like little nooks and crannies. She was cleaning this whole thing with a toothbrush. Casper kept trying to grab the toothbrush. She wouldn't let him have it. So he comes downstairs uh, and has a toothbrush and starts scrubbing a piece of the vacuum cleaner, like very meticulously. Like he looked very serious. Hmm, I got to clean this here. And like, Jamie, that's my toothbrush. And she goes, oh, well, it's okay. Just rinse it off. I'm like, I'm not going to rinse off a toothbrush. He only was dusting it for like a minute. But meanwhile, double dipping. No, do not double dip. Uh, <laughs> brush your teeth with a toothbrush used to clean a vacuum cleaner. Okay. 
uh, sidebar there, though. <laughs> but yeah, this party, like, okay, here are my biggest problems with the party. Like you said, 800 people are coming. We see, I think, 12 here the whole time. We have one small section of the backyard, uh, which, by the way, the exterior of the house, I didn't even know this till I looked up the trivia. The exterior you see of the house is stock footage from Mean Girls. This is um, uh, the same house that uh, uh, Rachel McAdams' character lives in, in Mean Girls. So they get a couple of exterior shots here. But then when we're in the backyard that apparently fits 800 people, it is smaller than Cameron's bedroom. Uh, <laughs> they keep talking about a pool that I don't really see there. Uh, and their decorations are hanging pumpkin lights. And that's it. Now this costume party that everybody is so excited about. Are, are any of these real costumes? Like I swear people are wearing regular clothes and then just a mask and these masks aren't even identifiable like these are the worst costumes i've ever seen uh, and maybe we're spoiled that we did i don't know parks and recreation where they had all these really clever unique costumes on a budget that was probably a fraction of the 20 million dollars this movie costs and in this movie like what what are they even where could you identify any costumes people are wearing as a real costume zoro <laughs> was there zoro yes i missed that (laughs) uh there's the girl dressed as the leopard where she's literally just wearing a leopard dress like they couldn't even get a budget for makeup or anything Uh, what was better this or the halloween town (laughs) halloween town by far (laughs) by far uh, look at the, the appreciation I'm going to have for Halloween Town after this. Uh, now, another problem with this party... You're going to change that uh, bin or rent to a buy. <laughs> it's, you know what? If we have to go through Twitch's 2 and it's worse than this, Halloween Town will be upgraded to a buy. Um, a couple other problems with this birthday party here, too. The background dancers. So, real story here. Not story. I don't have, like, the story. But uh, this is the way movies are made you have to get the audio on the set of the people talking. So when you have a lot of background extras, they're miming that they're talking, they're miming what they're doing. So like, for example, the restaurant scene that we were in earlier, uh, other than the guy talking on the phone, all the other people in the background, it's just people sitting there moving their mouths, not actually talking. They're they're miming everything. So in a scene like this where everybody's dancing, uh, they are dancing to nothing on set because they need to record the audio of the actors. I have never seen it more obvious in this movie. Like, nobody has the same rhythm. Nobody seems to be dancing to the same type of music. And these background extras are... It looks almost like they're going out of their way to not look at the camera. Like, don't look at the camera. Don't look at it. It is so awkward watching these background extras. And then when the sister starts to dance, the the twitch, when she starts to dance, it's not even in sync with the person she's dancing with. (laughs) It just looks terrible. Um... the uh, other sister uh, is back at her tiny apartment that everybody in the city lives in. And she has a fight with her friend, who I thought was the mother of the little girl, but she's not. Uh, because the actual mother shows up here. Uh, and again, this is where she's kind of unlikable. Because she's she's going on and on about how terrible her life is. And nobody understands her. She goes, oh, I don't know. I thought as the person who took you in and who is letting you sleep in her bedroom... Because you're orphaned at the age of 21 and you can't get a job and live for yourself. Like, this friend is the the only hero character in this whole movie. Uh, this sister's awful. And she does kind of say, oh, you know what, you're right. But she storms off to the room and then when the, the, the friend comes to the door and she's saying like, yeah, this is my room, by the way. And she realizes she's not there because 
Alex has gone to the other dimension. She's figured out how to get to this other dimension. Uh, at the house, we get uh, the only effect in the movie that is going to be worse than uh, the um, uh, the cloud, the darkness, where the darkness starts taking over the house and uh, all of those lights start to explode, those pumpkin lights, and everybody just thinks it's fireworks. Because, yeah, when you start seeing lights explode, that's when you cheer. Uh, there is uh, another funny moment here with the dad. I actually really like the dad in this movie uh, as Cameron's... You know, telling her mom about her twin sister and everything and uh or the parents are like something's wrong with her so the dad's getting worked up to go talk to her and he's giving himself a pep talk this might be for me the funniest part in the movie uh the mom stepped away for the second he's like okay you're the father you know what you're doing you've read all the books this is what you train for and then the mom walks right past him and goes you you can do this honey go for it <laughs> just totally gives up i really like this guy uh and uh, the, the darkness takes over the uh, house here uh, after they realize that, uh, that there's something in the picture they have to look at. The uncle is the one in the picture. Uh, so the uncle slash stepdad uh, was drawn by Cameron uh, as, uh, oh yeah, you, you the, the mom knew nothing about this fantasy world. She says, you know, you always used to draw a picture of this and there's always be a really scary face coming out of it. And they realize this is the guy, this is their uncle slash stepdad. Uh, and when the darkness starts taking over the house, another great moment here with the maid, uh, when the maid's just cleaning up in the kitchen and she looks up and she sees the darkness and you just hear uh, over like the, the, the elaborate sound effect of like roar from the darkness. You hear the maid going, Oh, I'm not cleaning that up. <laughs> and then it just cuts. I, I really like that moment. So we'll stop there before we get to the big, the big epic climax here. Oh, we, we didn't. Okay. <laughs> Somebody made a drink explode upstairs. My apologies. This is one of my one of my twitches. <laughs> oh, please Halloween this year. <laughs> uh, we didn't get to the part where everyone gets raptured by the darkness, right? <laughs> Did we? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Um, yeah, I don't. Uh, this is kind of the worst part of the movie, probably this like middle part, because they're they're so many forced arguments here is what's probably the biggest worst for me. Like the, like the, the moon girls, um, like anger at the world. Like no one understands me. And then like her friends, like we give you everything you want and we don't ask for much. And it's just like, uh, unrealistic, like just like needs conflict. The movie needs conflict. So we're going to have this character aggressive, mm-hmm. getting aggressive, um, same thing with the other sister. Like she's like, I don't want to do this anymore, and the other sister's like looking down on her because she doesn't want to do it anymore. It it just like forced conflict. Uh, that's only the biggest takeaway I've got. Like, <laughs> uh, not much happens in this part. Uh, the party is weird, uh, double dipping, um, weird costumes, and yeah, I don't understand why everyone's like the fire. The lights are exploding. Let's cheer. Mm-hmm. That was weird. Well, there's a weird moment here, which I guess this is considered the big controversy of this movie. Uh, the protectors here, uh, who are kind of fun. Uh, they're outed as a couple. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know why this is a big deal, but apparently I've read up a lot of reviews and a lot of fans were not happy because in the books, uh, they were not supposed to be a couple. In fact, the guy was supposed to be, you know, hundreds of years older than the girl. 
uh, and a mentor to her. But the fact they just randomly, it is kind of weird they just randomly throw it out, you're a couple. But it does provide for kind of a funny line at the end of the movie. Uh, but uh, they, they sort of say, oh, we're sort of just off and on. Um, obviously, there's a prequel that we need to see on this. So uh, one sister is in Coventry now. Cameron, uh, uh, or Cameron gets there. Uh, by going into the closet uh, after a big epic moment. And this part I actually did like. I, I got a good laugh out of this, even though I could totally see where it was going, where uh, she gives her heroic speech. You know, I'm going to go to Eternia and save He-Man and She-Ra. Uh, and she walks in the closet and closes the door behind her. I thought this was just bad budget because you could tell there was a real closet. And after like five seconds, she walks out. Okay, I think it's the other closet and goes into the other closet. Predictable, but funny. Uh, and... Uh, the picture, uh, I guess, leads her to believe that this is the the uncle and the mom is in on this now because she showed up earlier. I guess the two sisters both show up, uh, but they leave it off screen. So it was really weird where the, the uncle comes in, uncle slash father, stepfather comes in and uh, then it's like, too late. She beats you here by five minutes. <laughs> We have this picture that a child drew without any memory of uh, where it came from that proves that he is the bad guy. But the fact that they just immediately believe this uh, based on a picture is kind of weird. And they do reveal this as he's tied up through magic spells by wrapping a a ribbon around him and tying him to a chair. Uh, And then they use their magic powers to take his gloves off, which reveals that he has the sun and the moons burnt into his hands now aren't these the symbols of the girls like how does this prove that he's the bad guy behind the darkness this is their symbols that's their necklaces isn't it yeah so apparently like at the movie like when they were born like they the god the father put all their power into them Mm -hmm. into their like necklaces or whatever so when the he the darkness tried to take them like it was like uh like when voldemort tried to like (laughs) get to harry but he couldn't like he was prevented by the magic or whatever Mm -hmm. so like i guess like their symbols were burned onto his hands because like he was reaching through oh so it was because but again if he was the only one there how do they know that this immediately makes him bad like nobody witnessed a person inside the darkness cloud yeah but why would why would his hands have burned with this symbol well, I mean, he's been married to this woman for 21 years now. She's never made him take off his gloves? Like, couldn't he just say, I was born with this? It's a birthmark? I mean, it looks suspicious after he covers his hands up. <laughs> okay. Well, <laughs> I'm just trying to defend the villain here. I think he's a good stepdad. <laughs> uh, oh, slash anyway. uncle. Slash uncle, yeah. Uh, anyway, so the darkness is taking over the entire land here. And uh, uh, we get a fantastic effect here uh, as it makes more light bulbs explode. <laughs> this is all this movie does to illustrate destruction. Light bulbs explode. And why are there light bulbs in this magic kingdom anyways? Like, is there electricity there? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> they got light bulbs, but light bulbs explode. Uh and we get a really anticlimactic climax here 
as the sisters like the whole dark just thinking what are you gonna do we need to think only about love and they just start mentioning all the things they love in life which by the way pickles was not one of those things pickles could have just been the only thing and uh, it could have defeated the darkness uh visually this just looks awful the fact that it's, there's a million things you could have done here you could have had them you know backing up away from this cloud and getting quartered instead they're just standing there with their eyes closed going mother father friend little sister uh big sister uncle slash stepdad burgers candy corn they do nothing like you could have had them moving at some point like this is just so boring and anticlimactic uh and then the darkness starts to dissipate because they love enough things <laughs> just sort of pulls back now the best part about this is this ultra destructive darkness pulls away and everything is fine like i thought this darkness took something over and it just destroyed it like couldn't they have had i don't know trees stripped of their leaves or something is just what is the if the darkness just stays there is it just dark that that's all this movie tells us that this darkness takes over and you can't see anything it's like a big fog there's nothing that makes sense about this darkness uh they celebrate by going back to the party and eating cake and uh the, the two protectors here uh are talking about maybe we'll settle here uh we'll get they debating about let's get affordable housing uh no, no something something small to start off with i, I kind of like this uh and then as, as she's going on and on about what they should do he's like, can i just eat my cake please like this is totally me and jamie i'll be just like trying to eat and she's like what do you think we should do about this you know what, what, what do you think we should get the kids for christmas i'm like it's february jamie let me eat my cake uh the movie ends with the twitches doing their terrible chant we're twitches we're twitches happy birthday whatever oh it's just annoying uh twitches <laughs> there we go Darkness. There we go. Great movie. Uh, <laughs> bye. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't hate the couple thing. It just so it just feels really weird. It just seems out of nowhere. It um, is. <laughs> uh, and I don't get like I get that that's dramatic. Like when characters are like, "Go on ahead, I'll stay behind and fend off the the darkness," but they do nothing. Um. And especially because, like, earlier in the movie, like, he has those glasses that show when the darkness is coming or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, like, he tried to walk through that wall at one point and couldn't, so, like, he lost his magic already or whatever. Like, it just is, like, such a buzz, like, anticlimactic when the characters, like, are trying to sacrifice themselves, but, like, they can't do anything. Mm-hmm. So they're just, like, standing there. Uh, so that's a little buzzkill. And, yeah, the final fight's a really just... <laughs> <laughs> really anticlimactic. They don't even cast a spell. They just stand in a circle and then say things and then that's it. Like the mother does more in this fight than than they do. Mm-hmm. Like with the the ribbon thing that she does. <laughs> like that's more exciting than the 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 fight final fight. Like yeah. you'd expect like a final battle against darkness, literal darkness to be more exciting, but it's not. It's just it's huh. just <sighs> It's a lazy movie. Like, I I feel like they had, oh, this yeah. is a popular book series. Uh, let's get these quasi-stars to star in it. Let's give them $20 million and do absolutely nothing but use dollar store decorations, cheesy cloud effect, and have them standing still during the climax. It's just, it's, ugh. It's a poor ending movie. Now, <laughs> we go through some 
fun closing segments here, but let's just let's start it off by just saying what we're gonna do. I'm telling you right now, I'm binning this movie. <laughs> this movie is not good. What are you doing? You have enough nostalgia for this to bump it up to a rent or a buy? It's not gonna get a buy. Um, <laughs> good. <laughs> I think I'll rent it just because there is some some things that I I did enjoy some of it. Like I think there were funny jokes. I do think there were funny lines. I, the protectors are really a great point of the movie, so we got to give them some credit. Yeah, I do like them, and I like the dad, and I like the maid. Um, I think we could have done more with them. I don't know. Maybe the sequel's better. Did you ever see the sequel? They did make a sequel of this two years later. Twitches two T O O. Twitches also apparently. I, I've definitely seen it, but I have zero memory of it. <laughs> oh, there's always next year. Oh boy. <laughs> Yeah, we'll do that. Those my two movies will be Twitches 2 and Halloween Town 2. Yeah. Uh, now, closing segments here. Uh, box office. Like all other movies in 2020, there is no box office for this. Uh, in this case, because it was aired on TV. But uh, 7 million viewers on the first viewing, and I guess over the course of one weekend uh, and several showings of this, 21 million viewers. So this was a big hit. Uh, probably one of the reasons why, you know, I remember this movie existed and uh, that it still is aired on TV to this day. Uh, big enough to get a sequel. Uh, not big enough to get a threequel. I guess Halloween Town has one up on it. Uh, also, I didn't mention this from the beginning, but this movie directed by Stiller, Stuart Gillard, who is a Canadian director, who is actually a former Canadian actor that won a Best Actor Award for Canadian Film Awards uh, and is most well known as the director of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 3, Turtles in Time. Your favorite Ninja Turtles movie, I'm guessing? Uh, no, I'd say second best. I, I, I will say uh, second movie, the second Ninja Turtles, is my favorite of the Ninja Turtles movies. Uh, but uh, Turtles in Time's got its moments. Uh, that would be some nostalgia for me. Uh, he has also directed other uh, straight-to-TV or video sequels as The Return of the Shaggy Dog... Uh, the Cutting Edge, Chasing the Dream, and War Games: The Dead Code. A fan of any of those films? No, <laughs> probably not. He made a Canadian movie called Cart Racer, uh, which I remember got like a wide release here in Canada and still bombed. Uh, but uh, yeah, he did an Ninja Turtles movie. We'll give him at least that. Uh, so no box office for this. Lots of viewers though. Critical reception. Uh, I'll read a couple of the Rotten Tomatoes reviews here. So let's go with Rachel's reviews from YouTube. There's sort of a cheesy TV level magic, but it worked. That's positive. Uh, Justin Carrero of the Young Folk said Twitches had the perfect mix of what I love. Magic, drama, and the return of 90s teen stars Tia and Tamara Mari. All right. Uh, negative views. Though the Mari sisters are personable enough, they simply cannot act. Uh, and here is the best one here. Kevin Carr from 7M Pictures says, For the Disney princess crowd that's moving into their teenage years, Twitches should work. It's not bad per se, but it is just another Disney Channel original movie. Perfectly sums up the way I feel about this movie. Uh, it is just another movie. Like, there doesn't seem to be anything special about this. Halloween Town seemed like it was unique it's something you could remember this is uh, maybe even on the lower end as being forgettable for disney channel movies at least in my opinion uh other segments here now you haven't been on any episodes where we've done this yet uh but um 
we do a one star review from IMDb. Uh, are are you <laughs> familiar with IMDb? Is this something you can look up for future yeah. episodes, or am I doing this? Uh, you can do it, but I know what you're talking about. Okay, just checking for future reference if you could uh, follow this here. Uh, let's find one here. Um, one star from Robro7, written in March of 2009. This movie is so bad, I feel I can actually hear my daughter's brain melting as she watches it. An idiotic storyline, coupled with pathetic acting, results in a movie that insults the viewers every sense. I know the intended audience is preteen, but that does not mean the movie makers should have free license to ensure that the viewers become idiots in adulthood. I am almost beside myself with disgust. I blame Disney. Their movies and TV shows have become so excruciatingly trite, cutesy, and devoid of any cultural value. I firmly believe that Walt Disney is turning in his grave at the drivel that comes out under his name these days. Not content with this cultural miscarriage, they went ahead and made a sequel. You have to wonder why the makers of this film seem to hate us so much. That is pretty harsh, uh, even for Twitches. Uh, maybe not for another movie we're going to cover this month, but maybe a little bit harsh for Twitches here. And uh, finally, let's go through some plot keywords here. Did we ever do this on any of our random rewatch episodes? I can't remember. I don't know, but I've heard it. I've maybe listened to an episode where you've done it. So Okay, so IMD plot keywords. We're, we're trying to come up with the ultimate month. And you are right, there is a Zorro in this movie because one of the plot keywords of Twitches is Zorro costume. Uh, so what could we cover if we did a Zorro costume month? We could talk about a Cinderella story, Twitches, Team Spirit, and Una Fiesta Innovidable. Uh, by the way, uh, Spanish is not a second language in Canada, if I completely butcher that. Uh, you know, I can't even find Zorro on here, which is really disturbing. Because I'm pretty sure Zorro originated the Zorro costume. Uh, we could do Betrayal by Brother Month, featuring the Chronicles of Narnia, The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, Twitches, Arabian Nights, and Prince. Uh, what other months could we cover here? Single Mother Month, Amulet Month, Twins Separated at Birth Month, uh, Interdimensional Travel Month. Uh, we could be talking about Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. I'd be down for that. Men in High Castle. Wow, this sounds like a good month. Twin Peaks the TV show and Twin Peaks the 2017 TV show. Are you up for Interdimensional Travel Month? Uh, you'd <laughs> if, have to convince me. If we must. <laughs> uh, and uh, let's go with Hereditary Gift of Witchcraft Month. Uh, let's, oh, of course one of the other ones. Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone, The Craft. Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire and Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows. Part two, not even part one. Uh, those are our plot keywords. So I'm bidding this. You're renting it. Uh, did we miss anything here? Uh, no, we didn't. So <laughs> Twitches done. Now, normally we will only tease one week ahead of time for our random rewatches. Uh, but I say we spoil the whole month here. <laughs> let's get let's get people ready. So <laughs> with good reason, because I need to brace myself for this. Uh, so next week, it is my pick. And Rossi, you get to host a movie that I don't know if you've ever seen it before, but I demanded that we do this movie a year ago when we talked about another movie we're going to cover. I said, I will only do it if we do this movie. And we're talking about From Dusk Till Dawn, George Clooney's film starring film debut uh, post-ER, uh, the magical combination of Quentin Tarantino and Robert Rodriguez making this movie. 
uh, all-star cast, uh, Harvey Keitel, Juliette Lewis, Danny Trejo, uh, Cheech Marin, uh, and Quentin Tarantino himself in his largest starring role he ever had in a film. Are, are you familiar with From Dusk Till Dawn? Heard of it. Saw maybe like two seconds of clips. So very little knowledge. You want to talk about something that's just nostalgic that you grew up watching. Like for me, it was From Dusk Till Dawn. Um, I will go through how much I love this movie next week. But uh, uh, I'll just say they made two straight-to-video sequels to this, which were awful, and I still watch them to this day. Uh, they made a TV series out of From Dust to Dawn recently, which is actually really good, uh, which I'm excited to talk about the, the TV show a little bit. Uh, but this movie is so much fun. It is absolutely crazy, uh, mostly because, uh, I'll spoil a little bit here, the movie involves vampires, but you would not know that until halfway into the movie. This is like two separate movies, and in a weird way, it completely works. The first movie, the first half, is 100% your typical Quentin Tarantino movie. It is Pulp Fiction or Reservoir Dogs or anything like that. And then literally out of nowhere, it becomes vampires. And it works so well. Uh, so I'm so excited to talk about this movie. Um, what are we doing after that? I already forgot what your next pick is. <laughs> um, the movie after that is another uh, nostalgic movie for me. It is Scary Godmother. <laughs> the famous Scary Godfather. <laughs> is this one actually famous? Like, Are people going to be able to find this anywhere? I don't know. Um, <laughs> uh, good luck is all I have to say. Uh, this is probably even more. I don't even know when it came out. I feel like it's even older than Twitches. So is this a full but movie? Because I did find here something called Scary Godmother Halloween Spooktacular. Is that yeah, that's little... the movie. That's it. Okay, it's on YouTube. If anybody wants, yeah, so, so yeah, full thing on YouTube. Um, animated. Is this the right one? Yeah, it's whatever animated that is. Okay. So, Scary Godmother. When was the last time you saw this one? It's been a long time. I saw a few clips of it recently, which reminded me of it, which is why I suggested it for this. So, like, full seen it a long time, but I've seen, like, the beginning, like, few minutes of it recently. So, that's why it's a little fresh in my mind. Okay. But, I, I mean, I don't remember the whole thing or the whole story. Uh, I'm excited for it because uh, it could not be worse than the movie that's going to cap it off for us, which is one of my least favorite films of all time, The Craft, uh, which we will be dropping the episode, I believe, the exact same week that the new remake, reboot, sequel, whatever you want to call it, to The Craft comes out. Uh, wow. This this is a movie that I think a few years in a row now we've talked about this oh let's do the i haven't talked about it i have resisted it we gotta do the craft jamie loves the craft jamie finds a way to join us on several of these episodes she joined us for hocus pocus uh she is insisted every single year you guys gotta do the craft and i remind her jamie you don't even listen to our podcast so you can't tell us what to watch last year it came up that uh that we would be doing the craft if i could do from dusk till dawn so that is the only reason this is happening. And I even, I gave myself every opportunity to get out of this. I even said, I'll only do this episode, Jamie, if you actually appear on it. Knowing that Jamie has refused to be on episodes for a year and a half now. Uh, I think the last one she did was a review of Godzilla King of Monsters. And I told her, okay, Jamie, we'll do the craft, but only if you're doing it. I fully expect her to say no. And she said, you know what? I'll do it for the craft. I'm like, no. Uh, so we have to do the craft, a movie that actually nauseates me. Uh, so really looking forward to this one. 
Uh, Rossi, you've seen the craft before? Not at all. You haven't. Okay, so you're pushing to see this movie is literally just for me to suffer. Well, Jamie's talked so much about it. You've like pushed back against it so much that I'm just like, what is this movie? <laughs> it is all kinds of awful as far as I'm concerned. It's like a cult classic movie, but it's one of these cult classic movies where I, I feel like if anybody had no nostalgia, almost like Twitches, if they had no nostalgia, they would be like, this is an awful... So I'm, I'm curious to see your opinion. Because if you have no nostalgia for this movie, if you do not know of this movie at all, maybe you'll be on my side. I am crossing my fingers. I am hoping. Uh, so that will cap off our month here. Uh, aside from that, we do have uh, a change in direction here because we were meant to be doing James Bond Tribute Month. We were going to cover Austin Powers and other movies like that. But James Bond has been delayed. And by the time it comes out, there will be no movie theaters left to show it. So uh, thank you, MGM. But uh, in exchange for that, Ben and I are going to be getting into the greatest month, a month so great that we initially launched the Oz Network and said, if we do one dedicated month for one person, our first one has to be Brendan Fraser month. And it is finally happening three and a half years later. Rossi, a fan of Brendan Fraser? Not entirely sure who that is. <laughs> Brendan Fraser, the Mummy movies. Okay. You know the Mummy movies? Yes. Okay. <laughs> um. So Brendan Fraser starred in the Mummy movies. He did Encino Man. He did. We're going to be talking about George of the Jungle, Dudley Do Right, Bedazzled, and Airheads with uh, Adam Sandler. Uh, so I'm very excited for Brendan Fraser Month. This is guilty pleasure for me and Ben. Uh, but you can still listen to, at the end of this week, the end of our DCEU month, where we're going to talk about Birds of Prey, the fantabulous emancipation of Harley Quinn, uh, which uh, is a movie even more insane than From Dust Till Dawn. So uh, lots of crazy stuff right now. Other than that, we don't know what's happening for the rest of the year. Just tune in. Ben and uh, Matt Dyson did an episode on the Australian Survivor Hall of Fame, which they have founded... Uh, and they have a separate podcast on, so listen to that. Uh, listen to all of our tags at the end of the episode here. And thank you to our listener who's actually offered to pay if we do a new Survivor Rankings cast. We are strongly considering that if you're listening right now. <laughs> uh, the money may sway us. Uh, but other people interested, feel free to offer to pay for a Patreon, so we'll do that. And Rossi, would you be involved in that again? Would you go through another 34 hours for money? I mean... Am I doing it or am I just going to sit there and listen again? Either or. Take your pick. Uh, it depends. Depends who's on the panel. <laughs> uh, if Ben's on it, then probably not. It's probably going to be me and Ben, so Rossi's out. We will take all the money. Uh, thank you for joining us. Continue to listen through the rest of Halloween month since there's nothing else to do since James Bond's been delayed again. My name is Colin, and believe it or not, Twitches is not the worst film we're going to cover this month. My name is Rossi. Your name is Rossi too? <laughs> okay. uh, my name is Rossi and uh, go Twitches. Thanks for downloading this episode from the Oz Network. Make sure you never miss an episode by subscribing to the podcast via Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or by copying our RSS feed into your preferred podcast provider. 
And while you're there, please drop us a rating and leave us some feedback. You can also be sure to stay up to date with all the latest episodes and happenings from the show, as well as find out how you can get involved in upcoming episodes by following our social media pages on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram, as well as getting everything you need under one roof at the oznetwork.net. Thanks once again for listening and we'll speak to you next time.